0: Uh, So, um, some weeks ago now, we had started a series on the fruits of the Spirit, and we've been going through them one after the other. Uh, My wife Beth and I actually had an opportunity to be away for a few days this week, so I had asked Mark if he could share today. So Mark is going to share on uh, one of the fruits of the Spirit today. just wanted to say a word about Mark. If you don't know Mark, Mark uh, has been around Lighthouse almost since the beginning. And uh, Mark has been a pastor, um, served In ministry. Uh, Here he has been a care coordinator now for some years, and I announced just a, a little while ago that Mark had recently retired. And then went back to work for us. And uh, he's now working about half time. Doing a little bit of care coordination. um, And a little bit of pastoral ministry like this. Or helping with Celebrate Recovery and maybe some visitation. So um, I hope that uh, if you haven't gotten a chance to meet Mark. That you will do so soon. And thank you for sharing today.
1: Hello, neighbors. <laughs> huh? Are you going to take shoes? No, I didn't bring my shoes today. Um, how many of you remember Mr. Rogers? All right. There's some of us that, um, you know, weren't quite that old. I remember watching Mr. Rogers with my kids. I um, always found him to be rather an interesting guy, uh, a little different, but probably the kindest person, you know, that I ever uh, saw, you know, it's just not a mean bone in his body, um, and so we're going to talk about kindness today. And um, we've got Bill and Flint with mics today. And uh, the question of the day is, who's the kind of person you know and why? At first I put not Jesus and Pastor Dale, because, you know, they're really close uh, together. Uh, but I am going to let... Um, let you choose Pastor Dale if, if you want today. So um, please raise your hand. The kindest person you know, that's a living person right now. Yes, get ready to raise those hands.
2: Yeah, I have a best friend, and she has got me through a whole lot. She brought me here to where God is love, and it's made the biggest, most tremendous change in my whole lifestyle. And I love her like she's my mother or my daughter, but she's my daughter. <laughs> Not really. But, yeah, it makes a big difference, and it has helped me get through some really gnarly stuff. So,
1: Thank you. Thank you very much. Got to be others here. Hi. Thank you.
2: My name is Sarah. If you haven't met me before, there's two people that I want to talk about very quickly. There's this lady named Debbie in our community. And if you guys haven't met her or got to know her yet, I'm sure you'll see her around eventually. But she's really the sweetest person ever. She goes downtown. I actually met her downtown when we were um, handing out food. She was handing out food and I was handing out socks. And um, we've converged together since and kind of worked together downtown and helped people. But anyways. Um, she's a very sweet lady, and uh, she inspires me. and Of course, my, my landlord, Kathy, too. She's inspirational. I don't know how people can overcome such great things and be as kind as they are. So those two people are really inspiring to me, and I hope, I hope to live it, a, a, in their honor and be as good as them. Thank you so much.
1: Thank you. Thank you. Right down front here,
2: Flint. The kindest person I know is my grandma, and it's because she's always there for any of her grandkids that need her.
1: Thank you. couple more.
2: When I first came here, I didn't know anybody. I did not know where the churches were or how to get to them or how to get back home or anything like that. And my friend, bless her heart, uh, she took me in with her own family to some extent. And she has helped me realize that if I had not come here, I would have missed what the Lord wanted from me from the very beginning because it was very obvious what the people who are here know how to praise God. And it's such a blessing, I can't tell you. It's just too much, and I ain't going to cry, so.
1: <laughs> okay, okay. One more, one more. Down front, Galen. Hello, uh, my name's Galen, and uh, there's many people in this church that I could acknowledge, but I want to point out one person, uh, and that will be Ross, uh, He's here in the church today, and uh, over the years that I've been here, he's always been—he's uh, always had time for me. Whenever I've needed to talk, or uh, if there was one time I didn't show up for a couple weeks, and he had reached out to me. Uh, so I just want to acknowledge him. Yes, Ross is here somewhere, probably out front. I hope he hears this. Um, Because Ross is a very kind, kind person. All right, we'll move on now. Um, When you follow the desires of your heart, it says in Galatians five, your sinful nature, the results are very clear. I think it's up on the board. You can read along with me, Galatians five. It's on page 974. When you follow the desires of your sinful nature, the results are very clear sexual immorality, impurity, lustful pleasures, idolatry, sorcery, hostility, quarreling, jealousy, outbursts of anger, selfish ambition, dissension division, envy, drunkenness, wild parties, and other sins like these. Sound familiar for some of us? Yeah. Let me tell you again, as I have before, that anyone living that sort of life will not inherit the kingdom of God. But the Holy Spirit produces this kind of fruit in our lives. Love, joy, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. There is no law against these things. The fruit of the Spirit produces kindness in us. And that's what we've been talking about in our series, The Fruit of the Spirit. Now I'd like to ask a second question. And you'll remember last Sunday, Pastor Dale set this precedent that we can ask two questions now. And the second question is, who's the kindest person in the Bible, and we're not going to take people who are in parables, uh, okay, and say uh, why they are the kindest. Over here.
3: Hi, good morning, my name is Marjorie. I have been reflecting on the Roman soldier Jairus because he called on Jesus to heal his daughter. Okay. (laughs) And when Jesus went to her he said she's not dead. She's hungry, feed her. And I experienced this this past week with my sister-in-law passing, and after I gave her something to eat, G- Jarius came to mind because I um, I told my sister-in-law Rose, who I wasn't sure what her relationship was with Christ. I said, "Jesus visited you today." And even though for a long time, she, her eyes were dull, my brother told me, all she could do was say, help me, help, help me. She looked up at me with those bright eyes, a huge smile, and said, he did like an innocent child. And a few days later, she passed away. So to me, Jarius was the kindest person because he asked the kindest person to come and visit his daughter. And
1: that's okay. why. Thank you. In the back. Kindest person in the Bible.
3: One of the people I think of when I think of the kindest people in the Bible other than Jesus um, is Abigail from the Old Testament uh, she's the one that her husband rejected David helping him out with his fighting men and he David was going to come and kill everybody in her camp and everything and she out of the, she saved her entire clan by Making all the spread and getting everything together and taking it to David, and she ended up being his wife later on.
1: Mm, okay, I had forgotten that story. Couple more, or is that going to be it? One. Galen has one. All right, so I'll just make it quick. Uh, There's an entire book of the Bible about her, Ruth. She decided to leave her country and stay with her mother-in-law just to help her provide. All right, we're going to stop there. And believe me, I don't have these set up. Um, But there was a person at the first service also, who said, Ruth. And believe it or not, this is the story that I'd like to share with you uh, from the book of Ruth. Um, and it starts out with Elimelech and Naomi, and they had two sons, okay? Elimech died, and then both the sons died. And Naomi was left with two daughter-in-laws, Orpah and Ruth. Naomi said that she was going to go back to her homeland in Judah. But it says, and you can follow these um, Bible passages if you want, or if you want to jot those down, It says, On the way, Naomi said to her two daughters-in-law, Go back to your mother's homes, and may the Lord reward you for your kindness to your husbands and to me. May the Lord bless you with the security of another marriage. Then she kissed them goodbye, and they all broke down and wept. But Ruth replied, don't ask me to leave you and turn back. Wherever you go, I will go. Wherever you live, I will live. Your people will be my people and your God will be my God. Wherever you die, I will die and there I will be buried. May the Lord punish me severely if I allow anything but death to separate us. When Naomi saw that Ruth was determined to go with her, she said nothing more. Wow. Wow. What words of love and devotion by Ruth. So the story goes on. They arrive there in Bethlehem where one of Naomi's relatives, his name is Boaz, lives And they are allowed to follow the harvesters and to glean uh, grain from the harvest. And meanwhile, Naomi has a plan. And she's going to hook up Ruth with Boaz, matchmaker here. Uh, Ruth is kind of uh, falling for Boaz at this point also. And why, you might ask? Is it because he's rich? Because he's handsome and sexy? The story continues. So Ruth told her mother-in-law about the man in whose field she had worked. And she said, the man I work for today is named Boaz. May the Lord bless him. Naomi told her daughter-in-law. He is showing his kindness to us as well as to your dead husband. That man is one of our closest relatives, one of our family redeemers. So Boaz is doing it out of kindness. And Ruth is accepting that kindness. Not for money, not for good looks, um, not for anything else, but because Boaz is a family redeemer. That is his position, and he's going to f- fulfill the obligation to marry Ruth. Kindness. Boaz is a lot older than Ruth but it's his kindness the unmerited favor towards others remember that kindness is the unmerited favor towards others offered with pure and generous motives pure motives not to get anything back You know? And as Christians, we believe that kindness is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, and it's freely given to all who will accept that gift. And it produces incredible results. And Ruth and Boaz went on to have a son, it says, named Obed. And Obed was the grandfather of King. David. Anybody know of someone uh, very important in the lineage of David who also came from Bethlehem? Sound familiar? It's Jesus in the family line. So, very important what happened in that story of Ruth. Kindness is the unmerited favor shown towards others, offered with pure and generous motives. I chose Mr. Rogers today as a symbol of kindness. His puppert, puppert, puppets were uh, a little creepy to me. <laughs> um, Lady Elaine, you remember her? Oh gosh, I had nightmares about her. (laughs) But by and large, the messages are good about being considerate, respectful, courteous, polite, generous, selfless, and even a person of faith. Because as you may know, Mr. Rogers was a Presbyterian minister. I think it's uh, so interesting that when he comes into the house, he takes off his jacket, he puts on his sweater, and he changes his shoes. And when he leaves, he does just the opposite. And I always wondered what does that mean? What's the symbolism behind that? And as I thought about it this week, I thought perhaps it's a symbol of the change um, from the land of reality to the land of make-believe. And I'd like us to consider today that for some, it's like the change from the way I am at home to the way I am when I leave the front door. There are times when I come home and uh, I take off my kindness coat. Know what I mean? And I put on my spitefulness sweater. And sometimes I'll even put on my crabby pants. ask my wife Um, today is our anniversary by the way how many years has it been? 46? 46, that was a lucky guess Um, and she's put up with a lot let me tell you that change in us sometimes for who we are at home uh, to who we are when we're out in public huh what do we gain from being kind to others we should expect nothing that's what kindness is when you do something for somebody without expecting anything back So the question is today, why be kind? Why show kindness when you know you're not going to get anything in return? And when I thought about that question, I uh, looked up in a concordance every verse about kindness in the Bible. And I made a list of the many reasons why the Bible says that we should be kind. Kind. And I jotted down um, just a few of them. And number one is that kindness makes us grateful, OK? Um, there's a story in the Bible about when King Hezekiah became deathly ill. This is in Second Chronicles. I don't know if we have that one up there. Nope. 2 Chronicles 32. He became ill. He prayed to the Lord who healed him, gave him a miraculous sign. But Hezekiah, it says, did not respond appropriately to the kindness that was shown to him. And he became proud. So the Lord's anger came against him and against Judah and Jerusalem. Jerusalem. Then Hezekiah humbled himself, himself and he repented of his pride. Sometimes the Lord's kindness can be shown to us, and instead of being grateful, um, we just take it for granted. We shouldn't expect others to be kind to us but when they are we should be grateful we should be happy and when God is kind to us we should be humble and grateful I think there's nothing worse than someone who has a sense of entitlement or returns kindness with cruelty The story, Matthew 18. I think that illustrates this so well. If you want to look it up, Matthew 18, 23 through 34. Story, a parable that Jesus tells. He says, therefore the kingdom of heaven can be compared to a king who decided to bring his accounts up to date with servants who had borrowed money from him. In the process, one of his debtors was brought in who owed him millions of dollars. This is an updated version of the stories. And that servant couldn't pay, so his master ordered that he be sold along with his wife, his children, everything he owned to pay the debt. But the man fell down before the master and he begged him, please be patient with me and I will pay it. Then the master was filled with pity for him and he released him and forgave his debt. What kindness. Huh? Mercy. But the man, it says, left the king. He went to a fellow servant who owed him a measly few thousand dollars. He grabbed him by the throat. He demanded instant payment. His fellow servant fell down before him, begged for a little more time. Be patient with me and I will repay you, he pleaded. But his creditor wouldn't wait. He had the man arrested, put in prison until the debt could be paid in full. When some of the other servants saw this, they were very upset. They went to the king and they told him everything that had happened. Then the king called in the man he had forgiven and said, You evil servant. I forgave you that tremendous debt because you pleaded with me. Shouldn't you have uh, shown mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you. Then the angry king sent the man to prison to be tortured until he had paid the entire debt. Kindness comes back around. Next, kindness even makes you beautiful. Did you know that? Kindness makes you beautiful. Proverbs 19.22 says, Kindness makes a man attractive. It's in the Bible. And Colossians 3.12 says, Since God chose you to be the holy people he loves, you must clothe yourselves With tender-hearted mercy, kindness, humility, gentleness, and patience. You put on your kindness sweater. It makes you beautiful. When we put on all of these character traits, we look nice. I want to borrow a phrase from Rick Warren... He's the pastor at Saddleback Church, one of my favorite writers. And he says, we spend more time these days trying to look nice than trying to be nice. Hmm? It's true. Oftentimes we don't let people see our sinful, rude, unkind sides by showing a pretty, outside next kindness makes other people want to be kind to you we live in this counter culture world where being kind can be looked upon as weak old fashioned and foolish because you know it's a dog eat dog world out there only the strong survive. You've got to step on others to get ahead. And I wonder sometimes, do we even teach our kids to be respectful, polite, modest? Again, borrowing a phrase from Rick Warren, are we just kind to our kind when we should be kind to all kinds. Exodus twenty-three, five says, If you see that a donkey of someone who hates you has collapsed under its load, do not walk by. Instead stop and help. If you saw the car of one of your enemies by the side of the road with a flat tire what would you do drive on by probably huh and finally god blesses kindness Proverbs 11.17 says your kindness will reward you but your cruelty will destroy you. Your kindness will reward you but your cruelty will destroy you. God says that when you assume responsibility for the needs of hurting people around you He will also meet your needs. God rewards grace with grace. You see it all the time in scripture. In real life. In salvation. I want you to consider the life of King David. One of the most beloved people in all of history, right? He slayed um, Goliath. He was a shepherd. Uh, He became king. One of the greatest kings in all of uh, Israel's history. Later on, he had an affair with Bathsheba. Had her husband killed. And, um, All of his uh, children wanted to have him killed, except Solomon. He killed thousands and thousands of people on the battlefield. Nice guy? Kind guy? But then this happened. Where did I put it? 2 Samuel 9, 1-8 says that after King Saul died, David's mortal enemy, David asked if uh, any of Saul's children were still alive. He was told that only one, Mephibosheth, try saying that, Look it up and try saying that. Mephibosheth was still alive. Mephibosheth was crippled in both legs. And David had him summoned to the palace. And Mephibosheth was terrified. Wouldn't you be? Last descendant of Saul. David hated Saul. Instead it says... That out of kindness, King David gave him all of Saul's land, invited him to sit at the king's table at all times. The word kindness is used four times in this passage. And it goes to show that even the most sinful of us, like David, are saved by the Lord to show kindness. And grace to other people. All of us. Every one of us. Can turn around our lives. And many of us here. Have done that. Through the grace of God. Through the death and resurrection. Of our Lord Jesus Christ. Salvation was God's work. Salvation was God's plan. Out of kindness, he saved us. He saved us to go and by kindness tell the gospel of Jesus Christ to others. Think about what you've done. Think about what you deserve and give thanks to the Lord for the assurance of eternal life that we have through the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. Amen.